good morning, beloved, and God bless you. Welcome to worship with the Old First Presbyterian Church, and we are located at 820 Broad Street in historic downtown Newark, New Jersey. What a delight it is to come to you again this morning, the Old First Presbyterian Church, and our virtual community. God bless you. We welcome you. We are delighted that you are back with us again today. Well, I want to say happy Chinese New Year to all my Chinese brothers and sisters, and we just thank God that on Friday you had a day of celebration, and the celebration continues. Today is Valentine's Day 2021, and it's also Transformation Sunday, Transfiguration Sunday, or some call it Transformation Sunday. We, got, we give God thanks because there's so many opportunities for us to celebrate today. This entire month of February is Black History Month, and during our broadcast every Sunday in February, we will have a 60-second Did You Know about a famous or not-so-famous Black American. So we invite you to stay tuned for our Did You Know segment. Let's take a moment to give a shout out to Mr. Kevin Harris, our music director here at Old First Presbyterian Church. As always, Kevin opens us up with a beautiful prelude that prepares our hearts and minds and inspires us to get ready to worship. Everybody say, good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Kevin, and God bless you. Well, beloved, I'd like to invite you now to join me for the call to worship, which can be found in Psalm chapter 30, six verses five through six psalm 36 five and six get your bibles get your devices and join me as we read together this call to worship your steadfast love O lord is as great as all the heavens your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds your justice is as solid as a mountain. Your decisions are full of wisdom as the oceans are full of water. And you are concerned for man and for all the animals. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, beloved. God bless you as we call our service to worship today. I want to invite you now, let's take a moment and let's pray and invite the presence of the Holy Spirit with us as we worship on this Valentine Transfiguration uh, Sunday. Let's pray together. Gracious and eternal God, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, here we are again. As Andrew says, happy Sunday. We are here today and we are glad. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, come, let us go into the house of the Lord. We are glad to be here with Old First Church, with all of those who are watching and viewing and worshiping with us from near and far. And so thank you, Holy Spirit. We invite your presence with us. We can do nothing without you. And we invite your presence with us today as we sing, as we pray, as we worship and as we preach the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for your powerful presence among us today. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, we pray. 
Let every heart say amen, 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 beloved. God bless you, God bless you. Well, as is our practice here at the Old First Presbyterian Church, we want to take a moment to pass the peace with you. And so, beloved, let us pass the peace. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. May the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Sister Cassandra Harris, for passing the peace with us today. Again, we want to thank Andrew Darling and Mary L. Johnson, Cassandra Harris, as they will come to us today in the singing of songs of praise and worship, in the anthems that remind us of black history, and in the reading of the scripture text today, found in Luke chapter 9 verses 28 through 45. My sermon title today is Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Now I know that word ain't is not grammatically correct, but I want to talk to you today and tell you that ain't no mountain high enough. That's my sermon title for today. And so we're going to invite Cassandra, Marielle, and Andrew to come now and to bless us. And also, we want to invite you to listen to our Black History uh, presentation, the 60-second video, Did You Know? God bless you. Did you know Kobe Bryant once said he used to take tap dancing classes in order to strengthen his ankles to prevent injuries? Also, did you know that Kobe Bryant is named after a meal in Japan that his parents used to eat? Happy Sunday morning! Yeah. 
Version. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as the flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher! I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. 
And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. While everyone was marveling at what Jesus did, he said to his disciples, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it. And they were afraid to ask him about it.
Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Marielle. And thank you, Cassandra, for blessing us with those songs of praise and worship and anthems and for the reading of our text today found in Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 45. Ain't no mountain high enough. Amen? Amen. Beloved, would you join me now as we pray this prayer for illumination, and then I'll get right to the word that the Holy Spirit has given us today. Would you pray with me and pray for me? Gracious God, again we come to you this morning, and we are filled with joy filled with expectation for what our hearts have heard, what our, hearts, what our ears have heard, what our hearts are feeling, and the expectation of your word, what you will speak to us today. And so bless us in the hearing and the doing and the receiving of your holy word. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen, amen, beloved, amen. Ain't no mountain high enough. In 1967, singers Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell rocked the R&B charts with the number three song that year. Later, this iconic song was sung by Diana Ross and even The Temptations sang it. The lyrics to this love song live on and on and on. Listen, baby, ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you. And then the lyric says, if you, call, if you need me, call me. No matter where you are, no matter how far. I'll be there in a hurry, you don't have to worry, cause ain't no mountain high enough, and ain't no valley low enough, ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you. As lovers pledge their fidelity to one another on this Valentine's Day 2021, we are also reminded that our God's fidelity and faithfulness, faithfulness to us is also so very important and so very real. God declared that Jesus to be the son of God. He said, this is my beloved, this is my chosen son. And he shouts out to us today, listen to him. Well, most of the time we associate the word mountain with some insurmountable challenge. But that is not always the case, as we will see today as we travel with Jesus and company on the mountaintop. In Peter's worldview at the time, it was a good thing to be on the mountaintop. After Jesus commissioned the 12 disciples to go out into the world, after he fed 5,000 men, not including women and children, in a desert place right outside the city of Bethsaida. And after hearing Peter's confession that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, one week later, Jesus retreated to a high mountain in order to pray. The scripture expressly says that Jesus took with him Peter, James and John. 
These three men, they were in Jesus's intimate inner circle. Peter, James, and John. They had been with Jesus on many other occasions. They were with Christ when he raised, when he healed Jairus's daughter and raised her up. And they were also still with Jesus in his last hours in the Garden of Gethsemane. So while Jesus was praying, the scripture says that he was transfigured. He was changed. His countenance changed. His clothes became blinding white. He was glorified before God. We today are hard pressed to come up with any language that even touches what happened to Jesus that day on Mount Hermon. Was this an epiphany? Was it a theophany? Was it a Christophany? Or was it a divine revelation as in the case that John saw on the Isle of Patmos? Well, what we do know is that these men who were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, they fell on their faces in knee-knocking fear, and they became speechless. Beloved, I have found that being in the presence of God in times of prayer can be transformative, and it can have a transforming effect on our lives. In times of prayer, we can be changed. Our minds can be changed. Our hearts can be renewed. And we can connect with God and experience God's glory and God's majesty and God's mystery when we spend time in prayer. We in the mainline churches, we today, we call today Transfiguration Sunday. It precedes Ash Wednesday, which is the beginning of the Lenten season. The transfiguration is a witness to Christ's glory. The transfiguration is about Christ's divinity and his identity. And it affirms that Jesus really is who he said he is. He is the son of the living God. Can you say amen? Watch this, beloved. In all three of the synoptic gospels, they declared that Moses the lawgiver, and Elijah, the prophet, were on the mountaintop with Jesus, and they were glorified as well. And they talked to Jesus about his purpose, about his mission that would soon be fulfilled. They talked to Jesus about his upcoming exodus from the earthly world. Listen. When we come back together after this COVID-19 pandemic, when we come back to worship face to face, we should all be changed. We should all be transformed. And like Jesus, Old First Presbyterian Church, we need to be very clear about our identity. And we need to be laser straight about our focus so that we can squarely communicate God's purpose, God's mission for Old First Presbyterian Church in Newark. Can you say amen? 
What does transformation look like for Old First Presbyterian Church? What will it look like for us to be transformed? Will it mean a turning away from this fatal inward thinking and opening our doors to make this place a place that serves the community of Newark in a greater way? What will transformation look like for the old First Presbyterian Church post-COVID? Will transformation be a spiritual awakening so that Jesus does not have to stand at the door and knocking, knocking on our hearts as he knocked on the doors of the church of the Laodiceans? What will transformation look like for you personally? as we have come through almost a year of this COVID pandemic. And beloved, if you're listening to me today, you have made it through thus far. You have come through the pandemic thus far. You are still here, amen? What will transformation look like for you in 2021? What will your mountaintop experiences reveal? Have you ever had what you call a personal mountaintop experience? How about when you got your very first real paying job? Or how about when you bought that brand new car, fresh off the car floor room of the new car in the car dealership? What about getting married? Was that a mountaintop experience for you? Or the miracle of birth, watching the birth of your, of your children or your grandchildren, was that a mountaintop experience? Or maybe as you sat in the doctor's office and the doctor gave you a bill of good health and said that the cancer is gone, they can't find any cancer cells after a long illness, was that for you a personal mountaintop experience? Beloved, as Peter said uh, in this text today, it is good for us to be here because good things can happen on the mountaintop. The mountaintop of our lives can be a place of glory and a place of sweet communion with God. It is a good thing every now and then to go to the mountaintop with God. But here's the thing, beloved, we, we cannot stay on the mountaintop. We cannot live, we cannot abide on the mountaintop. The disciples awoke from their nap. The scripture says that they were, they were laden down with, with sleep and they awoke from their nap and they were awestruck at what they saw. They saw Elijah, they saw Moses talking with Jesus. And Peter made up in his mind right then, Peter said he wanted to stay on the mountaintop. Peter started babbling, started babbling about building some booths and building some shelters, uh, for one for Jesus and one for Moses and one for Elijah so that they could stay on the mountaintop and bask in the presence of God. I think I can understand how Peter must have felt, no matter how erroneous his, his suggestion. If you ever get in the presence of God through prayer, through scripture reading, 
through talking and fellowshipping, if you ever get into that sweet spot with God, you don't ever want to come out. You want to linger there. You want to stay there a little longer. You want to abide in the presence of the Lord. I believe that's why persons who report these near-death experiences, and, and they say that when they, when they saw the light, when they saw Jesus, or, or when they were in the heaven or in the presence of God, they did not want to come back to this earthly realm. So here's the thing. The mountaintop experiences are great, but we have to come back to the valley. The scripture says that the next day, Jesus and these three men, they came down from the mountain. After having spent an entire night with Jesus on the mountain, watching him be transfigured, watching Jesus literally glow in the dark, they had to come back down to the valley. And what did they find when they came down from the mountaintop? Well, the scripture says they found frustration, they found panic, and they found chaos in the crowd as they descended from the mountain to the valley. This large Super Bowl 55 crowd, including the nine disciples who were waiting for them, in that crowd, there was a totally distraught father. The father, when he saw Jesus and the three disciples, the father begged Jesus to take a look at his son, his only son, who was in the grasp, who was in, was in the very grasp of demon possession. The father cried out. He said, teacher, I beg you to take a look at my son, my only son. A spirit seizes him and he suddenly screams. And then it throws him into convulsions and he foams at the mouth and it scarcely ever leaves him. And it is destroying my son. I begged your disciples to drive him out, but they could not. Beloved, oh, what mischief the devil causes when he gets a hold of anybody. Look at this text again. Look, look right here, right here. Right here, this chaos, this confusion, this frustration, this fear, this panic that Jesus and the other three disciples found when they came into the valley. This is the reason why many of us want to stay on the mountaintop. The work in the valley is often messy. The work at ground level is dirty and it's stinky and it's confusion. The work in the valley can be demons shrieking and convulsing. The work in the valley can be foaming at the mouth. The work in the valley can be mauling and dashing and throwing the boy to the ground. No wonder we want to stay on the mountaintop. Who in their right mind wants to deal with this kind of trauma? Beloved, this is the reason this is the reason that Jesus came. 
The scripture says that he came to seek and to save them that are lost. Jesus went straight to work, casting out demons, healing the sick. And guess what, beloved? Our Lord calls us to this messy work as well. You might as well say amen. Amen. We cannot reside on the mountaintop when there's work to do in the valley. Discipleship means following Jesus wherever Jesus goes. This ground level work is the place where glory meets suffering. This ground level work is just as real and needful as our mountaintop experiences. Amen, amen. Just asked Dr. May Jameson. In 1992, Dr. Jameson flew into the spacecraft called the Endeavor becoming the first African-American woman astronaut and physician to ever travel in space. Dr. Jameson certainly went to the mountaintop and beyond as the first African-American woman in space exploration. And she had some valley experiences on the ground level. In the 1970s, when she was accepted into NASA's space program, Dr. May Jemison had to face rejection and racism in a field dominated by men, mostly white men. Talking about mountaintop experiences and having to come back down to the valley, ask former First Lady Michelle Obama, the former, former first African-American flotus, this mountaintop experience of being the first African-American First Lady of the United States of America. Oh, how glorious. But she endured crude, racist, and sexist attacks regularly. She was characterized as an angry black woman. And one news outlet went as far as to call her an ape in heels. Ask any person of color, man or woman, who has achieved any level of excellence in this United States of America. And you will find that in the midst of their mountaintop experiences, the valley, the valley was always there, and the valley was and is filled with hate and prejudice and systemic and structural racism. These are the valley experiences of people of color still in these United States of America. So beloved, as much as we might like to do so, we cannot stay on that mountaintop, the work that we need to do, the work that Jesus did is in the valley. But the good news today is that regardless of the mountaintop experience or the low valley experiences, we can stay close to God. Regardless of whether we are on the mountain today 
or if we're in the valley. God is still with us and we can, we need to stay close to God. Watch this. Jesus announced for the second time that he had to go to Jerusalem to die. He said, I will be handed over to the chief priest and they would orchestrate his death at Calvary. And Jesus said, ponder these words. Ponder these words that he spoke to his disciples who didn't get it, that he had to go to Calvary to die. For this reason, Jesus came into the world. And we, beloved, we must ponder these same words as we prepare to go into the Lenten and the Easter season. If you choose to stay close to Jesus, if you choose to follow our Lord, then you must be warned that every day will not be sunny. There will be some rainy days. There will be some foggy days. There will be some snowy and some icy days. There will be some days when you feel like you're losing your grip. Nevertheless, when you stay close to God, no matter whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, God will keep you safe and secure. The scripture says under his wings will he protect you and cover you. Because ain't no mountain high enough and ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river wide enough to keep us from Jesus or Jesus from us. I didn't read the entire chapter, ninth chapter of Luke, but I encourage you to read it all the way to the end. When you get some leisure time, go read the entire chapter of Luke, chapter nine. Jesus spoke about the cost of discipleship. Jesus said that no person who puts his or her hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. We must make a commitment. We must be transformed and transfigured, totally committed, sold out to following Jesus, whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley low. Can you say amen? Amen. The Freedom Riders. The Freedom Riders were, were some of the first of 400 volunteers who traveled through the South back in the 1960s, who, who, who traveled on buses for months and months and months down in the Southern states in order to test the 1960 Supreme Court decision that declared that segregation in facilities of interstate passengers was illegal. They got on buses and they rolled through the South in order to see if it was actually being done. And they were met with fierce opposition and even death. But they sang their commitment to stay close to God. Their fighting song was, ain't going to let nobody turn me around. Turn me around, turn me around. Ain't going to let nobody turn me around. I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on talking. I'm going to keep on marching 
on to freedom land. Ain't going to let nobody turn me around. Turn me around. Turn me around. That's our freedom song today, beloved. That's our freedom song in the spirit and in the natural. Ain't going to let nobody turn me around. I'm going to keep on walking. Keep on talking. Keep on living for God. Keep on looking for that freedom land. I don't care how high you go. Don't forget about God. Ain't no mountain high enough to climb over to leave God behind. Eventually, we've got to come back down in the valley. Meet God in the face of the homeless. Meet God in the face of those who deal with substance abuse. Meet God in the face of those who've been physically and mentally, emotionally abused. Eventually, we've got to come down to the valley to do the work that Jesus did. So hold to God's unchanging hand. Regardless of what happens to you, around you, among you, or even for you. Beloved, rumors have it, or have it, that Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell were not just singing partners in their musical careers, but that they were also in an intimate relationship. Don't know if that's true or not, but rumor has that. But stunningly, Tammy Terrell died in 1970 at the age of 24 of a brain tumor. And even more sadly, Marvin Gaye was shot and killed by his own father in 1984 at the tender age of 45. Both of these young, gifted black artists died too young. Yet both of these singers had reached the mountaintops of height in their, in their, in their careers and notoriety uh, in their musical careers as singers. They blessed us with their music that lives on and on even today. We're still singing, ain't no mountain high enough. But both Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye had to come down from the mountain because the work is in the valley. Beloved again, ain't no mountain too high. Ain't no valley too low. Ain't no river too wide or too deep where Christ cannot find you and me, where Christ cannot help us or heal us or lift us up. Christ has promised in his word that when you call me, I'll be there in a hurry. You don't have to worry. God will come to your aid and that right early. God bless you. God keep you, beloved. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Well, I tell you, I'm fired up with this sermon. Ain't no mountain high enough. Beloved, I want to take a moment, and I just want to invite those of you who are in our virtual community to travel with me as we seek the Lord to make sure that we are in God's family, to make certain that 
we are saved, that we have received this precious gift of salvation that has been offered by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Beloved, search your heart. Search your mind. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you in a love relationship with God? If you're not, beloved, I want to invite you to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Listen, church membership will not save you. You can go to church all day long. You can go to church seven days a week, all day long, 24 hours a day. But church membership will not save you. The only thing that will save you is faith in Jesus Christ. And so, beloved, if you're here today and you don't know him in the pardon of your sins, Romans, Romans chapter 10 says, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was born, that he walked this earth, that he died, but he rose again just for you and for me. If you will believe that and confess that, the scripture says that you are saved. If you ask God to come into your heart and cleanse you from the inside out, make him a member of your family, get in a love relationship with God, then you are saved. Beloved, if you've done that, I want you to reach out to us. I want you to tell me. I want you to call us. I want you to put something on the, in our email. I want you to reach out and tell me that you have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior so that we might journey with you on your newfound walk of faith. God bless you. I know you're out there, and I know today you made a confession of faith in Jesus Christ, and you are saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, God bless you, beloved. This is exciting. Amen. Well, I want to lead us, and I want you to join me in the Apostles' Creed as we say what we believe. We confess what we, can, what we believe. And this is our Apostles' Creed. I'm going to read it right out of, our, out of our hymnal. Let us say it together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, but the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This is what we believe. God bless you. Why don't you take a moment now and get your prayer concerns and all of those things that, that are on your heart and your mind today. And we're going to lift them up to the Lord as we say the Lord's Prayer together. I wish I could call off all of those things, but I can't. Time will not permit, and I just don't know. But God knows. You lift those up. You get those in your heart, those names you've written in your prayer journal. Let's lift all of these up to the Lord right now as we say the Lord's Prayer together. 
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. 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 God bless you. God is a God who still hears, who still answers prayers. Well, beloved, I have three quick announcements for you this afternoon. I want to make sure that you are aware of these wonderful things that are happening in our church community at Old First Church. This afternoon at 1 o'clock, we will have our second community conversation with Professor Khalil Muhammad. He will be speaking with us this afternoon in our community conversation. And the topic is on racism. And so we want to invite you to be with us this afternoon, beginning at 1 o'clock this afternoon. The Zoom link for this community conversation is waiting on you in your email box right now. So click on and be with us in this powerful conversation with Professor Muhammad. Also, beloved, this week, this week, I know it seems like it, we just got out of Advent, but this week, this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. And so Wednesday, February the 17th at 7 o'clock, the Old First Presbyterian Church and the United Plainfield Presbyterian Church will be in a joint Ash Wednesday service at 7 p.m. It'll be a service of song and scripture. And yes, we will do the imposition of ashes. And so we want to invite you to be with us on Wednesday evening as we come together to celebrate Ash Wednesday. And we invite you to have prepared whatever item or whatever material that you want to use to make the sign of the cross on your forehead. You can use uh, anointing oil or flour, or if you have ashes, use ashes. But join us as we will do the imposition of ashes in our Ash Wednesday service on Wednesday night at seven o'clock. That Zoom link is also waiting on you in our announcements and in your email box. You can access it there. And then finally, this announcement today, so important, so important, Old First Presbyterian Church on next Sunday, next Sunday, February the 21st, will be our annual congregational meeting. And beloved, we want to invite you to be congregation, to be in this meeting as we will elect our new officers for the leadership offices of elder, deacon, and trustee. And the congregation will also choose the new nominating class for 2021. This is the work that only the congregation can do together. And so plan now to be with us on Sunday, February the 21st. We will start at 1230 in the afternoon all of that information, how to access the Zoom, the call-in, all the documents that you will need have been emailed and sent to you through U.S. Postal Mail. If you have any problems or questions about how to get on or about documents, please don't hesitate to reach out to me uh, and I will do the best I can to assist you. All right? 
God bless you. Lots of announcements today, but good things, good things happening at Old First Presbyterian Church. Well, beloved, let's take a moment now, and as we bring this service to a close, let's take a moment for our benediction, and we just want to, again, help you to remember that whether you're in the mountaintop or in the valley, God is where you are. And so our benediction today, beloved, peace be with you, beloved, and the love and the faith from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be to all who love our Lord with an undying love. This is Love Sunday. God bless you. God keep you in his love today. Amen and amen. Well, we thank you again for worshiping with the Old First Presbyterian Church. And if you have enjoyed this service today, please like us. Subscribe to YouTube by ringing the bell and leave a comment. Leave an amen in the text box and share with your friends and family. These are challenging times. So let's spread some good news, the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And now I give you back to Kevin, Mr. Kevin Harris, who will bring us a postlude. God bless you. I will see you in worship this week. Have a wonderful, powerful, joy-filled week until we meet again next week. God bless you.